0: Now let's make it six in a row for your Pittsburgh Penguins. They have a 6-3 win over the Arizona Coyotes. We're going to have a full game recap for you all coming up right after this drop. You're locked on Penguins. Your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, welcome back to the, another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hun Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter, at Hun Hodes. You can also follow the show's Twitter, at LO. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen. Of the day, as I said in the cold open, Penguins get a six to three win over the Arizona Coyotes on Tuesday night. That's now six in a row, and they are seventeen and two in their last nineteen games. Just a ridiculous stretch here for the Penguins ever since basically, you know, mid to late November where they really started to turn it on. Um, I think the biggest storyline tonight. Uh, we got to start with Brian Boyle. <laughs> I'm laughing about it just because what a goal that was. I mean, first off. Um, great pass from Zach Aston Reese. I mean, just to thread that in there um through um, Arizona coyotes' defense defenseman stick. really nice. and then Boyle is able to do the rest between the legs with his stick, top cheese. Um, that is a goal of the year candidate right now. And honestly, the coyotes should probably relegate their franchise. and you know there's a lot of rumors going around about what Arizona's gonna do, the city of Glendale. What's the arena situation gonna be like all this other garbage. But you know, just because of that goal, they should have to move to like Houston or Quebec City or whoever else is going to take them. I mean, you're letting a freaking 36 year old Brian, however old he is at this point, he's in his 30s. You're letting an an old man Brian Boyle um, do that to you. Um, It it is time to move your team somewhere else. Um, And you know that is his fifth goal of the season, believe it or not. And you know, I do have something to say about that. I have definitely been dead wrong about Brian Boyle's impact on this team. You know, I said before the season, I didn't think it was going to move the needle much. I thought they had, you know, better players inside, you know, the dressing room and just, you know, down in Wilkesbury that could fill his role pretty easily. I've been wrong about that. And, you know, I don't mind being wrong. Um, I'll own up to it. I'm objective. That's fine. You know, I can old takes expose myself. But, you know, it's really been a pleasant surprise to watch him play. Um, He definitely was a little weak, I would say, on the turnover. And that led to the Coyotes third goal, though Dominic Simone, I think, was the culprit there mainly. And we're going to get to that later on in this episode. But, you know, Spoil has been so good in a bottom six role this year. And this is just a really good fit for him. You know, he's good defensively on the PK. You know, that goal tonight is spectacular. But even before that, you know, he was scoring a few other goals. um, You know, he still has it in some capacity. And, you know, he's going to be playing, I think, a lot of hockey down the stretch here, which is fine. Um, How do I want to say this? you know, he's been pretty good even before he gets scratched. So I don't really have a problem with it. Jason Zoker, he's week to week at this point with a uh, core muscle injury. So he came back and tried to play through a hernia. Um, That's just ridiculous. Again, I'm going to get to that later on in the episode, but you know, again, I don't mind that He's going to be getting a lot more playing time down the stretch. He's been good enough when he's played. Um, He deserves to be in the top 12 right now. Now, when the team gets healthy or if they get healthy with Teddy Bluger and Jason Zucker and God forbid, there are no other injuries for this team. He probably will be one of the odd man out. And you know, that's fine. Jason Zucker is a better scorer. I think than him, Teddy Bluger is a better defensive player than him, but he is still a player that can be that 13th forward that can come in. You know, if the team needs a spark or if Mike Sullivan just, you know, wants someone else to come out of the lineup, if they're struggling or something like that. So, I'm really liking what I'm seeing from Boyle. I know I haven't talked talked about him a lot on the pod recently, but you know I wanted to give him a special shout out tonight, especially with that goal. But just overall, I've liked his game a lot this season, and you know I've been dead wrong about him overall. Um, overall, game wise, just going to there for a quick second. The first period, you know, that was definitely a period where it was like watching your water boil for pasta. Um, you know, just you sit in your kitchen waiting to cook yourself mac and cheese or whatever, you know, butter noodles, spaghetti, meat sauce, whatever. Um, the Coyotes, they they came in with a plan. They were executing it pretty decently. And then, you know, obviously you, you weren't going to do that for a full 60 minutes against the Penguins. I mean, that, that's just not going to happen. But they did it pretty well, I would say, through the first 20 minutes because there was not a lot there. There was one shift that I noticed. Uh, I'm, not sh- I'm, I'm sure some of you all noticed this as well. You my discord here for a sec. I'm sure you want some of you notice this as well. The penguins were completing a full line change in, in their own zone. This was during the first period. And it was about 30 seconds, 30 to 40 seconds and Arizona had no one coming into forecheck. They had all five players below the red line in a full 1999, New Jersey devils level trap. And it's just like, I mean, I've always hated that kind of hockey. I think it's just, it's bad for so many reasons, but you know they were executing it; it was working. Uh, you know up until it didn't. And again, you were they were not going to do that all game. If you look, if we look at the underlying numbers um, for this game, the Penguins dominated in shot attempts almost for two of the three periods. The other one, it was 11 to 10 in favor of Arizona. Overall, the Penguins had 64% of the shot attempts at 5v5. They also had 66% of the scoring chances for 5v5, 73% of the high danger chances for, and then 63% of the expected goals. 1.77 expected goals for, though, for Pittsburgh. One expected goal for the Coyotes. So, I mean, the fact that the Penguins only allowed 11 scoring chances against an even strength, they played well defensively. I mean, one of the Arizona's goals was on a two-minute five-on-three, which is rarely called in today's NHL. Before this, I actually don't remember the last time I've seen a five-on-three for two full minutes with two penalties Called in the span of a few seconds I, I i do not recall the last time i've seen that i know it's probably happened a few times a season definitely is not for the penguins so to see that being called definitely a little weird the penguins have started to get some momentum and then the refs had to you know insert themselves into that moment there whatever i know the penguins went down 2 one but they got it right back with another power play goal i know arizona scored early on in the third period but then the penguins were able to score four on the answer to make it um six to three as for a couple of the other goals tonight uh, Sidney Crosby, I mean, what do you say at this point? I mean, that no look between the legs past, it's absolutely disgusting. I mean, and the, the funny thing is I don't even get surprised at this stuff anymore, and I don't think anyone that listens to this podcast should be surprised when he does this stuff anymore because he's been doing this for over 15 years. I mean, this is who Sid is. He's one of the greatest players in the history of the game. He's a top five player in hockey. He, he does this on a routine basis at this point. Um, he knew Brian Russ was going to be there. He shoots that um, point to tie the game. Um, Arizona goaltender had no chance there. And, you know, the power play really came alive tonight. I'm going to get to that here in just a second as well. You know, the last game, it kind of was a little ugly against Winnipeg tonight. You know, you're starting to see just, you know, that unit come alive and, and, and it's badly needed. I mean, don't get, don't get me wrong. I mean, the, it, the unit has had its struggles this season for sure, but, it, it's it's starting to get going ever so slowly. The PK obviously has been really good. But if the team can get the power play really rolling here, I mean, I mean, the, the Penguins, I think, are going to be even scarier, um, at least in my opinion. So that goal from Brian Rust is awesome. And shout out to Brian Rust. He now has 27 points in 20 games a season. I don't think that's being talked about enough. I know Sid has been awesome since, you know, just after his first eight games. Juno's played pretty well for the most part since coming back. Chris Latang is having a Norris caliber season. We're going to get to him a little later on in the show, but Brian Rust has been right up there with those players, and Jake Ensel. Of course, I'm not going to not mention him, but you know, a little bit of a slow start for Rust, but he's really come alive. It really started kind of close to around Thanksgiving, I would say. You know, he was banged up a lot before then, came back, <clears throat> played well. I think, and then I think even got hurt again, but then has been. Awesome since coming back, you know it's just, it's really fun to see him, just you know continuing the level of play that we've seen the last couple of years. Remember, this is a point per game. This is not not, not a point per game player. Excuse me. This is almost a thirty goal scorer two years in a row. I mean, you don't just luck into being that kind of player. This is not a third-line forward or anything. He is a bona fide top-six winger. He's been a menace on the top line this season. Heck, the top line has been one of the best top lines in hockey. Um, And, you know, excuse me, I just don't think he's being talked about enough for how good he's been for the Penguins this year. So, shout out to him there. Really nice goal. We have a lot more to get to for this game coming up in the next segment. Um, Sidney Crosby being three goals away from um, getting his 500th. Chris Latang having another magnificent performance. We're going to touch on Tristan Jari. Um, Mike Matheson had a couple of ridiculous rushes. Um, And, you know, going a couple of, you know, some of the negatives that I didn't like. as well, But before we do that, BetOnline would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. BetOnline remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. It is a new year, and that means a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% off of the bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to get started from football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Still, wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. That is Bet Online, where the game starts. Now, I have something new for you all with this one. Have you been to an art museum lately? And no, I'm, I'm being dead serious here. That is a real question. Heck, here's an even better question for you When is the last time you felt welcome in an art museum? It can really feel like, for a hockey fan, you know, you don't belong in an art world, but it's really the perfect place for us when you think about it. Great hockey fans are passionate. They're all dedicated, and we know how to have a good time. That sounds like an artist, right? Well, we just so happen to know that the Mattress Factory, Pittsburgh's own contemporary art installations museum, has partnered with the Penguins to offer an incredible ticket package for this week's game against the Detroit Red Wings. They do not, in fact, sell beds. They have full-room installations featuring artists from all over the world, including ones from right here in western Pennsylvania. Head over to mattressorg pens to find tickets for Friday, January 28th against the Red Wings for just $65. That's right. It's only $65 bonus it also includes a free entry to the museum so you get two great nights out for the price of one this game is expected to sell out given how soundly the penguins are beating everyone this season so check it out soon pittsburgh has so many incredible museums and this is one way the penguins are helping us check them all out remember visit mattress.org slash go pens for more info All right, we're back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow this show's Twitter at LONScorePenguins. So, again, you know, the Penguins took them a little while to get going tonight. I didn't really like the start overall just because it was so boring. But once they got their legs under them, um, they started dominating Arizona. I mean, you look at the shot clock – or not the shot clock – the shot counter, excuse me. I mean, they were dominating them except for a few – Lowell's defensively I did not like the third goal it wasn't really so much as Tristan Jari giving that up I thought he was a little off tonight I'm gonna get to him in just a second but um, Dominic Simone had a really horrific turnover there just basically gave the puck away for no reason Nick Schmaltz is, is able to come in on a breakaway and then you know score the goal there and it's just like okay I mean Simone's reserves to sit on the bench for the rest of that period with a kind of an effort like that. And he's been pretty good lately. It was uncharacteristic of him, but it was still like in that situation, it's a tie game. Why are you making that kind of pass? I just didn't really care for it. I'm not going to blame Tristan for that. Had a really nice move. That said, I do think Tristan left a little to be desired tonight, but I'm not really going to make too big of a deal out of it just because he's been so good this season. He's still a Vezna finalist in my mind. He is allowed um, an outlier game where he doesn't have his best. He made some strong saves tonight, though he wasn't really tested that much as well. But you know, I, I think you know, the second one, he maybe was a little too deep in his net, but that's also a hell of a release from um, Clayton Keller. Uh, to make it two to one on the five on three. I mean, you don't teach a release that goes top ch- uh, top cheese right over the blocker. So um, it's it, it's kind of whatever, I, I guess. To me, you know, I would have liked him to be maybe a little more aggressive in that situation, just because Keller was so close to the net. Overall, though, I still think he was fine. He's allowed to have kind of the met performance, especially coming off that game against Winnipeg where he was their best player. So at the end of the day, I'm not really worried about Tristan. I don't think anyone else should be. Um, either. Chris Letang, going back to some positives. Um, You know, two more goals tonight. He is now um, this is per Jed from Penguins Twitter, top 50 all-time Hmong defenseman and goals scored in the NHL, so congratulations to Chris Letang on those. I hope everyone chronicles those, in quotation marks. If you don't know what I'm talking about, um, well, there is a Twitter account called Penguins Chronicles, and he likes to bash Chris Letang for no reason and it doesn't make any sense. And that's the last I'm going to talk about that. So, Um, he was magnificent again tonight. I tweeted about it on my social media again. I'll say it here as well. It's a crime that he's probably not going to be a Norris finalist because of Adam Fox, Kilmer Carr, because he really is having a special season. This is some of the best hockey we've ever seen him play. Um, Both of his goals tonight were, you know, they were just vintage Latang goals. You know, the first one maybe gets a little bit of a lucky balance, but the second one, just a really beautiful snipe um, past the, uh, past the blocker side of, um, uh, I'm like almost forgetting the Arizona goaltender's last name. Whatever. You know, I I probably honestly, when when I saw it last night, I I wouldn't be able to pronounce it. He has been good on the road this year, according to Bob Airy. Um, He he actually has the second best save percentage on the road. So he was playing pretty well coming into this. I know he only has a 905 save percentage, but this is still a goaltender that um, he's playing better than his numbers. Um, I'll say that. But, you know, still gave up six tonight. The Penguins were able to get to him. But, you no. Know, again, overall, great performance from Tanger. I, I really just am loving his play this season. And I really hope as well that everyone is taking notice of it and is appreciating it just because, you know, nothing is guaranteed. Who knows if he's going to be back next year. God willing, he will be. But, you know, this is a special season that we're witnessing right now from Chris the Tang, And um, it continued tonight. in in, in such a big way. So two massive goals from Tanker there already touched on the Brian Russell one. Sidney Crosby. He gets goal number 497. So three away from 500, you know, that's got me thinking as well, you know, how many will he go towards, you know, for his career? I think he'll get 600. Um, I don't think he'll get 700. Um, I think that's probably a bit of wishful thinking, at least in my opinion. Um, you know, you don't get to 700 unless it's you're basically a pure goal scorer. You know, he's not Alex Ovechkin over here. He's the greatest goal scorer to ever do it. I'll die on that hill. <clears throat> I've always appreciated what Ovechkin's done with that, especially while playing in today's game. He might even catch Wayne Gretzky. So, um, And you know what? I hope he does. It would be great for the game if he did. It will be talked about for every day, I think, in this sport for years to come. So, again, really hope he does that. Going back to Sid for just a second, though. I think he can get, get 600. I think he will. 650 is – that's going to be close. I'm leaning towards 620 to 625 right now. Though With said, I I shouldn't be surprised if he gets 650 because, you know, I shouldn't be surprised by anything Sidney Crosby does anymore. So, but right now I'm definitely leaning towards um, 620 – to 625, at least in my opinion for how high he goes. But, you know, that's going to be a special ceremony when he has the 500th this year. It's probably going to come in the next few games. He's really starting to heat up. This was another really good performance tonight from Sidney Crosby. And, you know, if you go to um, the site that has, you know, the most initial points of all time, I believe it's quanthockey.com. So Sid had another um, three-point game tonight. Sid right now is 27th all-time. Um, for the most points in actual history, he has 13, 1,359. With tonight, he'll be up to 1,362. He's sev- he's almost close to tying Mike Madonna, um for number 25. Um, that would be awesome. I mean, if he does that, o- Ovechkin is a little above Madano, but I mean, you're looking at for most points here with Sid. He's going to pass Madano. He'll pass Brett Hull, who's at 1391, Luke Robidai at th- uh, 1394. Yari Curry, uh, Dale Howardchuck is at 14.09, Doug Gilmore, 14.14, Adam Oates at uh, 14.20, Brad, Brian Trottier at 14.25, T. Mussolini at 14.57, Stan Mikita at 14.67. Um, Sid is going to finish top 15 all the time for the most points in NHL history. Paul Coffey's at 15.31. I think Sid has a chance to even get up to there. Um, now, m- maybe Mark Recchi, Joe Thorne, 15.35. Um, I think Joe Sackett get 1641, that might be pushing it, but I definitely think Sid is going to be top 15 all time when it comes to that. I mean, it's pretty crazy that he's already in the top 30 all time and he's only 30, 40 years old. So, you know, he's been awesome. It's, it, you know, just continue to be amazed by Sid at this point. But, That'll do it for this segment. Coming up in the next segment, I'll have a couple other thoughts about this game before, you know, going into, you know, a big back-to-back this week with Seattle and a to go into what I would do for the goalie situation with that. There's um, just a couple other things from tonight's game that I noticed as well. So stick around with me through this last commercial break. All right. So we are back here on this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Also follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So, Again, I know I mentioned it earlier on in the podcast. There's some injury updates um, that came out of the last couple days today. So Jason Zucker, he will be week to week. He was placed on long-term IR, which means um, he does have to miss a minimum, if I recall correctly, 24 days or 10 games. So he's out for at least three, three and a half weeks. Um, We we will probably not be seeing him until – I'm looking at my phone here. No late February, um, if that, um, he had surgery to repair a core muscles, uh, injury. So what that means, he was p- battling a sports hernia injury. And, you know, there's been a lot of, you know, athletes over the years that have tried to play through that. <clears throat> I think, you know, Sid even tried to for a time. Um, but you know, everyone that's come that's talked about it has said that, you know, it's ridiculously painful. And remember, Sid actually had, had to have that surgery a couple of years ago, believe he missed about four to six weeks from that. So, um, that's probably what the timeline will be here for Zuccar. Wishing the best in his recovery. Hopefully, he can come back strong because he had a great game coming back from it the first time. Had two goals. I don't want to hear anyone question Jason Zilker's toughness ever again. Again, the guy literally had two goals while battling a hernia. So I don't really. I'm not gonna you know stand here and subscribe to the notion that he's not tough or anything like that. He plays his ass off every shift. I know he leaves a lot, a lot to be out, a lot to be desired sometimes. Just you know, with scoring and all that, but he still gives it as all every shift. And, you know, I do, I do really appreciate that about him. So he'll be out for the foreseeable future. But, you know, that also means for the Penguins, they might have a little bit of extra money here to play with before the trade deadline. Remember, Jason Zucker makes over $5 million per per. Um, with the team right now, Bluger's only on IR. Even with him coming back, they're going to have a good chunk of change if they want to go out and get a veteran backup. and You know, if they want to go out and get Braden Holpey, Anton Hudobin, Yaroslav Halak—they will have the money to do that. You know, cap friendly has them. You know, again, you know, few million under the cap with this Zucker on LTIR. Even with him coming back, I still think they should be under the cap. You know, at least when I I look at you know just playing around with cap friendly. Um, so we'll see what the Penguins decide to do with that. The trade deadline is still a little ways away. <clears throat> you know, it remains to be seen what happens there. Teddy Bluger—he'll be out six to eight weeks. It's just a, you know again a tremendous loss. Broke his jaw with that Brendan Dillon hit. I wish I was surprised with the league not giving out any discipline, but, you know, it's it's the Department of Player Safety. I'm not surprised by anything they do um, anymore. Um, Trying to think of other things to discuss about the game tonight. There honestly was not much else to discuss other than, oh, Todd Reardon doing this massive fist pump that I just did on camera. Like the Penguins just won a Game 7 in the Stanley Cup Final. I think that was after the fourth goal. Um, that was hilarious to me um, it's just a that, that's just a boss move right there um, really appreciated that um, Brian Dumoulin's, uh controller I think disconnected on a play in the second period got a prime scoring chance has the puck, is waiting out the goaltender and then he gets his pocket picked by two coyotes and I'm just like what are you doing there? I understand he's not known for his offense but I was still really confused when he just kind of sat there and didn't Do he didn't do anything with the puck? It's like you know, you don't have all day, right? So, um, definitely, I think, a little bit weird there. Didn't like how Pedersen kind of got walked on this, uh, on the first goal. I think that Arizona scored, um, just I think played that wrong along the boards. Um, again, you know, he didn't he couldn't get over in time with his glove. I'm not really gonna blame him too much for that, but I would mainly put that blame on Pedersen. Um, you know, he'll be better, he's been fine for most of the season, um, anyway. But I think that will probably do it for this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I don't think, again, again, I don't think I missed anything. I will say though, best wishes to Patrick Aldine. It looks like he has taken the conduct general manager job, general manager job, excuse me, <clears throat> Jim Rutherford. All signs point to him hiring him. And you know, he's been one of, you know, Rutherford's right-hand men um for a long time. You know, he was basically, you know, the G his he was basically his second. While he was in Pittsburgh, you know, Ron Hextall, I think, thought of him very highly as well. So um, I think it might be a bit a bit bigger of a loss than what some people are making it out to be. But, you know, I'm curious to see how Ron Hextall fills that void. Um, as well. So best wishes to him. I really hope he kills it. I always loved listening to his scouting reports every year during the draft. You know, he always knew his stuff and, you know, I know he didn't hit as much at times on some of the prospects, you know, Dom Simone, but, but to, uh, in looks really good. The goaltenders are potentially going to be good. Um, we'll have to see with some of the other players that they selected under his watch. Um, just, you know, how good they may turn out to be. Um, I did forget one thing as well before I let you all go Brock McGinn. He got his 10th goal of the season tonight. I don't really want to hear about how he's worse than Brandon Tanev. It's just factually not true. Um, Well, I shouldn't say that. Excuse me. In my opinion, um, I don't think it's true. Um, But wait, what the hell am I saying right now? In my opinion, you know, he is a lot better than Brandon Tanev. Jeez, the third time is the charm there. I am just completely screwing up my words right now, and I wholeheartedly apologize about that. Um, You know, I know Tanev brings a a lot more energy than maybe McGinn does, but he had a couple pretty big hits tonight that were I was like, whoa. Um, did not see that coming from him. But, you know, 10 goals and we're halfway through the season. That's a 20-goal pace for a 42 game season. We'll have to see if he hits that. But I've been really impressed with him all season. He started out a little bit slow, but he's been a really good signing um, from Ron Hextall and has filled that Tano Void um, picture-, picture perfectly, um, at least in my opinion. But, again, that will do it for this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. That's now six in a row for the Penguins, 17 of 19. They're back in action on Thursday against the Seattle Kraken. Then they'll play Detroit on Friday before playing L.A. and then Washington next week before the All-Star break. But that will do it for this one. Hope you all liked and enjoyed listening to this one. Remember to follow my socials. Hunter Hody on Twitter. LO underscore Penguins for the show's Twitter. The show is on Apple and Spotify and YouTube. And I'll be back with another episode for you all on Wednesday.